Hey, on this episode of Rogue Creators, we're talking with Maruna from Planable about... Awesome, awesome tools to be able to plan your content and keep the momentum up with your brand. Absolutely. And she has a special code for you guys to try out Planable. So make sure you go to the show notes for that. But let's jump into the episode right now. Three, two, one, zero. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome back to Rogue Creators, presented by Go RogueX. My name is Brian Fitton. And I'm Lauren Lewis. And this is the podcast dedicated to marketers and creators who are wanting to serve first and stand out from the crowd. Make sure that you subscribe every single week, YouTube, as well as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, to get all of the tools and resources you need to be the go-to name in your industry. Let's go. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Rogue Creators. And I'm so excited to be back in the studio with Lauren Lewis, my co-host. Hey. Hey, I introduced you that time. I know. I'm so proud of you. Yes. (laughs) Uh, We are on today with Maruna from Planable. Hi, Maruna. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Excited to be here. Absolutely. We're excited to have you. Uh, We are obviously in the social media and digital content creation space. And so you are with Planable, uh, which is a phenomenal uh, software that helps uh, companies plan out, obviously, content and social media calendars and stuff like that. And so we are excited to have you on because obviously our audience uh, can benefit from what you guys are doing. And you guys have done really some new things for 2020 and um, what you're looking at basically in the digital world, like how jobs are being created and how a need for content creators as well as social media managers uh, has kind of come about because of the pandemic. And so um, we are really excited to jump into all of that with you. Um, but before we do, yeah, we'd like to start off with something just a little fun. So Marina, we're, we're going to jump into this, but what is that, Lauren? What is, what is our fun thing? Each week, we like to start off our uh, podcast with what are you obsessed with this week? So starting with you, Marina, what are you obsessed with this week? So I'm sorry to do this, but I'm going to steal one of yours, Brian, from a, a few episodes ago. Okay. And that is Clubhouse. Yeah. And not because it's so. <laughs> I've been on Clubhouse for, I think, I don't know, a month or so. Um, but I'm still kind of trying to figure where it would fit my routine of mm. content consumption. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's proving out to be quite difficult because I uh, I mean, I'm not that I'm pretty young. My routine shouldn't be this set in stone, <laughs> but it feels like it's very complicated for me. Uh feels like morning should be the best time um to go on Clubhouse, but The content is not that good at that time of day, so I'm still kind of trying to figure out the best uh, the best time to be on Clubhouse and listen. Get getting into the best rooms. Yeah, absolutely. It's very interesting to me. I've found that Saturdays are the best time that I've been able to actually enjoy content. Like there's some good rooms that are available. And I don't know if it's just everybody who's working throughout the week. And then all of a sudden Saturday is kind of when we're like cleaning the garage or doing the dishes or something like that. That's when I found it. But it is, it really is difficult to like kind of squeeze it in because it's not recorded. You can't just go back and replay it. Like you have to be in the moment, uh, which there's an appeal to that. But I, I understand. I definitely understand that. Yeah, and I have some weird moments too in which I'm still kind of scared that I might be 
uh, that I'm missing something and <laughs> maybe they can hear me too. And I still have these panic moments yeah. which I'm going with my phone um, around the house. I don't know whatever I'm doing. I'm like, oh, oops. Oh, okay. that's okay. I think it's okay. Can anyone hear me? No. Okay. I'm good. <laughs> I've done that before where they'll send the notification. They're like, do you want to welcome this person in? And you're like, sure. And then you click it. And then all of a sudden they're like, you're like in a room with him and your microphone is on. I was like, oh no, I didn't mean, I don't know you that well enough to jump into a room with you. But yeah, there's, uh, there's a little, there's some, there's some uh, hiccups there. That's, I think they're probably working through, but uh, I'm so happy that mm-hmm. your obsession is also my obsession. It has been for a while. See, Lauren, there you, you need go. to get in Clubhouse. I am. Me and Marina, we're we're in the cool club. You need to you need to join us. <laughs> I am in Clubhouse. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't it, it's a it's a strange platform. It's a totally different world. And so trying to figure out, you know, finding your people and then finding yeah, the time at, as well, just because it's all live. So it is a I am so interested to see how this platform will be truly utilized. Cause there's so many people that are jumping on it right now because you know, it's the cool thing to do, but I'm like, how many people will stay yeah, and what will be yeah. the main audience that actually utilizes it is what I'm interested in. Yeah, absolutely. All right. What are you obsessed with, Lauren? <laughs> Mine's super boring. Um, so I am, uh, I just moved into a new house and uh, I am obsessed with trying to figure out and utilize well our Nest thermometer <laughs> or thermostat, <laughs> I should say. Um, so I... I'm really enjoying a lot of doing working with like automation. Like we have some like smart plugs and like trying to like actually automate our house and everything, which sounds super weird to say. Um, but I am really interested in getting uh, working with that and getting all the rhythms in our house to make you know make it super efficient, kind of green and yeah. You know. I think yeah. it's cool. Congratulations, by the way, on the Thank new you. house. Thank you. But I, it's really boring thing to be obsessed <laughs> with at the moment. But it kind of rules your life, though. A yeah, new when house. you move, it's kind of like well. All right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's fun, especially the technology side. I can right, definitely get right. into that. You know, being able to control everything from your phone and, you know, or, you know, talk to Alexa about it. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just talk to Alexa about it. She could, she's a great therapist. Um, all right. So, for me this week, I'm going to recommend a book. What? I know. <laughs> Marina, this is the first time you're a part of the first experience of me recommending a book, I think, ever. But uh, I have been um, yeah, <laughs> been diving into Rocket Fuel nice. uh, by Gino something. I feel oh. really bad that I had the... Okay. His, <laughs> we will put it in the show notes. We'll make sure. Uh, but it's basically about structuring your company. Um, and they, it's just phenomenal stuff, especially as a startup. We're a young startup. And so um, really being able to bring my corporate knowledge, like 14 years of corporate knowledge and be able to put it into the startup and what what that looks like for structure. And so, uh, yeah, I've been nerding out over this. It's been I'm very excited. exciting. So um, it's good stuff. I'm, uh, yeah, again, I've like demolished that book in like a week. So, which is crazy because I don't read a whole lot and, and I've already taken out two books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which is a great <laughs> book as well. Uh, and so, yeah. yeah. What's it? Rich Dad, Poor I've Dad. Heard so many different I know yeah. it. I know it. I've heard so many different opinions about it. It's uh, it's definitely yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm still kind of gathering my thoughts around it, but it definitely changes your mindset. Uh, it's very capitalistic, mm-hmm. uh, which is totally fine in that space to be able to say, "Hey, how can my money work for me?" Um, yeah. And uh, it's definitely heavy real estate focus, which I think that bubble, mm-hmm. you know, back when it was written was was really big, but now not so much. But <laughs> it's a great mind shift uh, switch for uh, thinking about money wise. So there you go. yeah. Anyway. Well, cool. Yeah. So, all right. Well, hey, let's uh, jump in. Yeah. 
uh, with Maruna. I'm so excited to chat with you. So, hey, give us just a little bit of backstory about you and then also Planable. Yeah, so uh, me, uh, Miruna, uh, I am currently the head of marketing at Planable and uh, joined Planable really early in its journey as well. Um, I think I was the second employee or so, um, and it's been a really thrilling and exciting ride. Um, Planable is a social media collaboration platform, meaning that uh, it kind of handles everything before and the actual publishing of posts. Um, and the easiest way to explain Planable for anyone that has interacted with social media um, is that, you know, it it replaces the spreadsheets in which people usually plan their content, yeah. the emails in which people usually send that content back and forth until um, we all want to quit emails. Um, and, you know, the phone calls and every other means of communication and the panic of publishing something without knowing if it's approved or not. So it kind of gives you this this one place to um, to collaborate on everything and to visualize everything and then to have the peace of mind that once it's once you've you've gotten the approval and the green light, it's actually um, it's actually good to go. Yeah, absolutely. and then. Coming back to my background, uh, currently at Planable for the past three years. And before Planable, I was part of the of the Uber uh, marketing team. And before that, I the way I started my career was at Oracle uh, as part of the social media team. So that's kind of my path so far. Nice, nice. Well, obviously, Uber, everybody's very familiar with that and even Oracle uh, in that space. I, I have to admit, I don't know that I've seen any social media from Oracle. Now I need to go digging <laughs> For Oracle social media, I was like, "That's that's interesting to me. That's interesting." Uh, we'll, uh, well, we yeah. worked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. That's uh, I will say. So, my first introduction to Planable was actually uh, one of my mentors. We were talking about just different systems and stuff, um, and obviously, we schedule out you know social media con- content for our clients and walking through that approval process and he was like man planable has a great approval system set up and so it was one of those that was like first introduction i was like oh this is this is a really neat tool and so um love what you guys are doing there that's so cool. Thanks for that story. I'm going to go back in the office and tell everyone. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, so I think one of the things, um, especially like on our end, but even on just like a singular, um, like we, we manage, I mean, close to, I think right now, 50 counts. So, I mean, we have a lot of content flying around, <laughs> but um, one of the things that just, I think a lot of our clients get a lot of content and they just get overwhelmed by it. And so it doesn't even go out. And so how can Planable really help businesses kind of focus in on being able to utilize making content, but then also making sure it actually gets out? So, yeah. So I think one of the reasons usually a lot of content gets lost is because, as you said, there's so much of it and it's so, so complicated to keep it um, in one place. Um, and I remember back in back when I was working at Oracle, there the content curation was kind of the hardest part of the job to kind of understand what everything, um, what the whole company is talking about, and how to uh, get all those links in one place, and how to understand if they're good to go and when, and so on and so forth. So I think 
kind of what makes it really, really hard is the multitude of environments in which we keep everything. And the way Planable can work is that you can pour everything in there from ideas to actual final posts. So even if you have, um, for example, I don't know, you find links or content that you're not sure yet and you just want to have it in there just so you don't forget about it, you can do so and you can have it. In Planable, we have this feature um, in which you can keep posts as um, as drafts only visible to the internal team. So that could be like if you're an agency, it could be only the agency and the core team. Um, so the client cannot see those drafts of yours. So they don't get overwhelmed with the same uh, amount of stuff that you put in there. So that's one thing. And you can have those posts as drafts. And another uh, way to to make sure that you keep them, uh, you keep the clarity in Planable is that we have these labels that you can apply either according to stages that of your content, again, as ideas or just content dump, you can name it whatever you want. Um, and Or you can uh, use those labels as content pillars, for example. Usually any brand kind of talking on social, you have these uh, topics that you always uh, revolve around. Um, and these labels are also, you know, color-coded, so they're very nice for... Um, for organizational nerds to say so. <laughs> um, and you can see them and uh, you have a calendar view so you can see them kind of at a glance how you're, um, how you're doing with your balance and with your stages and everything. And obviously you have the filters and the sorting. So you, it gives you this wide variety of features that you can use to really keep everything organized. Um, and it's there's always kind of, one way to see to manage your content uh, in a simple manner. So actually, I mean, here's the deal. I I'm not a color coding type of guy. Uh, now, Lauren, on the other hand, yeah, we have we are we are color coded to the max. We've had this issue like with Google Drive, which uh, I think is hilarious. Yes, uh, that Lauren was like, "Why can't you?" You know, why, she she assumed that everybody's stuff was as organized as hers, and mine is all over the place. And so, uh, it sounds like this is a dream for you to be able to color coordinate. <laughs> right. Well, I love the feature that um, we talk about four pillars all the time with all of our clients. Like, hey, develop pillars for your company on um, different topics you want to rotate on and talk about, so that you always kind of stay focused. On, on your brand. And, um, you know, that can be kind of tricky and when you get a lot of ideas. And so I love that there's a feature that you could color code that. So you could kind of see like, whoa, we went really heavy on one topic and we didn't talk about anything in this one category. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times sometimes there's aspects of your company maybe you're not as passionate about as some other people. But I mean, it, it's that's a really cool system. Um, yeah, I do have some systems that are color-coded, but I just didn't realize my other team could not see all of them. <laughs> she realized how disorganized we all we all were. <laughs> so. um, but no, that's, uh, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And especially in the podcasting world, you know, we we service a lot of podcast clients. And so setting up those pillars is very important when you're talking about, I mean, one of ours is social media content. And so that's that's why you're on today. You're part of that pillar. And, uh, and we, it's one of those things of keeping it organized to make sure your content is fresh, to make sure that your audience is engaging with that, that you're offering value in multiple areas, even though, you know, we kind of all, we're in that digital space. That's such a broad topic and making sure that you have those pillars set up, I think is ideal. And obviously being able to organize that on the back end is even more important. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think, uh, you know, these content pillars feel, they usually feel like um, they're part of the initial strategy, but then you can, so many brands end up ignoring them altogether. They're at first, they're, everyone's really excited. Okay, we're going to talk about sustainability. It's going to be one of our content pillars because we do, I don't know, clothes in a sustainable manner. And then um, you find all the relevant topics and they, you know, you find the ones that are also kind of um, relevant to your audience, not just to you. And then you start building content and you forget all about them because, again, it's complicated <laughs> to have this kind of overview of what you're talking about. And it's always go, go, go and um, not so much time to look at the process and, OK, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I love that. And that's especially in the podcast where we're like, can you talk about this topic for 52 episodes? Like that's in the week or the year, right? We plan out the entire year because people get excited about, you know, 10 episodes or so like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, make sure you can do this for 52 times. Like that's, uh, and that's, that's exactly with social media content. You need to make sure that you're mixing it up, that you have different varieties and you'll burn out if you don't have those pillars set up. So. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So looking over, I mean, being able to use such a, like a powerhouse tool like Planable, um, when you're seeing people utilize this tool, what would you advise when they think about planning out their content? We get these questions a lot, um, especially people who are very much worried about their grid on Instagram um, of having a really like streamlined, scheduled, like this is exactly what we do a Monday post, we do a Tuesday post just like this all the time. Or would you say it's better to mix it up and have a lot of different styles and just be original with it or have this beautiful grid? Um, I think there personally, I would go for a combination of both. Um, I mean, I do think it depends on the brand and that's a very, very predictable answer, but it's true. <laughs> I mean, if you have a, a brand that, uh, uh, I don't know, goes for the beautiful uh, food or you have, for example, a restaurant that is very well known for how Instagrammable it is, you're probably not going to go so much for the spontaneous filming of your bartender or something because it's going to ruin your grid and you're going to lose the the thing that you're well known for. So that's why I do. I still think that it's very, very important, especially if you're an edge case brand. But otherwise, I'd really test around with it. Um, so I think I think you should have some sort of routine in your strategy. You should know um, what you what you aim for to post every week and uh, how often and what were you going to talk about just to kind of save you from that anxiety of, okay, oh my God, tomorrow I was supposed to post something. What am I going to say? Um, but you should leave a, a, a bit of wiggle room for the, for the crazy thoughts, for the experiments, for the um, questions of, could this work for us? Um, and I think you should always kind of give those a try unless they kind of are oblivious to your audience or if they are, um, you know, they can be interpreted as offensive or you could they could break something unless it's one of those cases. I think you mm. should leave that kind of flexibility to your grid or anything and play around with it because a grid could be fixed later. So, yeah, that is true. <laughs> it can be fixed later, Lauren. 
it, it can. And, and it can be, and you know, I think it's sometimes you can, you can build a workflow that allows for both. I mean, if you, for example, think about the easiest way to keep your grid clean and beautiful without going the <laughs> super mega extra mile, I don't know, yeah. I, I, I saw grids in uh, rainbow gradients. Ooh. So even that, I think, I mean, if you... <laughs> If you do it in a, you know, with a filter, a very advanced filter, you might even pull that off as a kind of a template that you just, you have the same, you have your photos and any photo could be adjusted. Mm-hmm. Um, but exactly as you said, you know, for podcasts and for content builders, think about if you can really sustain that for long, long term. The same goes with the grid. Think how sustainable that is. I mean, it looks pretty for the first three rows, but what? What about, um, you know, the next three and 30 and 50? Yeah, yeah. No, we've we've definitely we've experimented that. We had actually one client that was that was like, hey, run with it, whatever you guys want to do. Right. And so uh, we developed a grid that everything really worked well together. It flowed. Uh, it looked beautiful. Uh, and also, I think f- to our credit, it, it had standalone pieces as well that were that were important, so people can engage with that. Um, it wasn't just like a partial of the photo, you know. <laughs> it wasn't just like in the corner of a photo or something like that. Uh, but it wasn't sustainable long term. It's fun to look back at that, but you got to make sure it doesn't get completely off off track too much. So, right, I think you can get a place to where you over plan to where there is. Nothing becomes original. It's just so structured, so over-strategized that, you know, your content just becomes, it, it loses loses that fresh feel. And yeah. it, it doesn't feel like you're following a person. You're following just a company. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so one of the things that we talk about a lot, like we've been, we've talked, we've already touched this, this, but is like the sustainability aspect. So how can a company using like Planable help them gain and maintain momentum creating content? Um, I think a lot of the of the scalability aspect of content management is is stopped because because of these uh, because of this kind of attitude that we have as marketers, we kind of want to go with the flow. Um, and create. We're very, very excited about the creation part and the results part, but it uh, bores us to death to talk about the processes <laughs> behind the actual content that we put, oh, yeah. put out. I mean, which marketers do uh, do we all know that want to get in a room to talk about how we do things and how does one post travel from one person to another? Um, but you know, if you look at the if you look at the numbers and at the statistics, it, it gets pretty obvious that it all adds up because it feels like okay, maybe I'm losing a bit of time with that copy pasting. Maybe uh, maybe Slack isn't the best way to kind of get the message across and gather feedback from fifty people. But you know, it just it works for now. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, it works for a week. It works for two weeks. But you're gonna uh, after one year, if you add up those minutes and uh, halves of uh, halves of hours, you realize that it's a lot of wasted time. And you could have, if you're an agency, usually it means that you could have get, gotten new clients in that time and managed new clients. Or um, if you're a company, you can uh, use that time to be more strategic, to invest more in your content, to be more creative. And so, you know, the goal kind of aligns with the wishes of of creative marketers um but yeah i think i think what 
to to make it scalable, you need a proper audit of your process. I would suggest to go as far as uh, really timing what you what your team does, and not for a you know dangerous. Oh my God, they want to track me. They want to look at me. But for for a month, that's it. For a month, everyone kind of times what they spend, how they spend their days, um, and. After a month, you'll have a bit more visibility of where are your biggest leaks in terms of efficiency. You know, how much time if you end up seeing that the copy pasting from an Excel to a spreadsheet or to a publishing tool uh, takes 10 minutes of each person each week, then you realize that, okay, what, what could I how much does a tool cost, for example, and how much time would that save me? And you actually, you actually see the ROI. Um, so I think, yeah, the first step I, I would take is an, a proper audit of, of my process and my workflow. Yeah, no, I think that's that's fantastic. Sounds like your dream. I know. I'm, <laughs> I, I, we're 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 connected here. Marina. We're we're connected. That's uh, very efficient, which I I appreciate. Um, but yeah, no, that that completely makes sense, especially if uh, you know the investment into software is going to make the difference mm-hmm. when it comes to saving time and e- even positions wise. I mean, we we've talked about. Uh, yeah, I kind of teed it up at the beginning of the episode, but you know. Social media managers, uh, social media and digital content in general is is growing and is creating jobs, right? And so being able to take on more clients, uh, be efficient with your time with that by using certain software uh, can only grow your impact as well. And so, um, you know, I talked about this, but tell us a little bit about the report that you guys uh, put together basically for 2020 and, and really how this industry has grown. So we launched this uh, Social Teams 100 top, um, which is a, it's kind of a research project that that we started. Um, we started initially kind of um, from a, from an individualistic uh, point of view. We simply wanted to know ourselves as a company how how did the teams of uh, of these of so many brands evolve in 2020 during a full pandemic. We were curious if social media was kind of what many people, I think, would have expected if it was this kind of last department where companies will just want to cut costs and forget all about it um, when times get tough. Um, and I think the most interesting thing from this research is that I'd say the answer is no, considering that so many, I, I mean, we found over, I think, 2,000 companies from the U.S. that hired at least one person in social media wow. in 2020. So I think those are big numbers that prove that social media is is actually key to, uh, well, especially during a, such a virtually uh, virtual world. I think social media proved to be a, a key factor in surviving and talking to your audience and um, and in you know staying connected and real regardless of the times. Um, and yeah, so we kind of decided to celebrate. This uh, these w- top 100 companies that hired the most people in 2020. Um, and besides that, we found a lot of interesting stats. Um, we found that, uh, I don't know, for example, the average seniority, meaning, you know, how long they've been in the business so far of, of people hired in 2020 was 5.7 years, oh, wow. uh, which was interesting. Yeah. And I think the the... The, the for the people that were kind of more entry level, so interns, associates, um, I think 
the the average was around three years, which hmm. felt a bit high for me personally. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, interesting. And yeah, go ahead. Oh no, no, no. Yeah, no. I was just coming because <laughs> that's uh, you wouldn't. I don't think I would even expect that that number either. So that's interesting. Yeah, I'd expect, I I would have expected something more around one year. Okay, one, mm-hmm. two years tops. But um, yeah, it seems like the standards are high in social media. Um, and I think one, another interesting factor was that uh, manager was a part of a lot of titles. Uh, I can't remember the exact percentage, but I think it was somewhere around 20% or something around around that, which which again feels like a lot feels like it may be an indicator that um that teams are kind of feeling this need to uh to mature and to um look at more senior people to kind of align the the team and or or make it their its own entity not necessarily serve as a uh, a member of a the the general marketing team for example I mean, yeah. now I'm just just guessing, but it could be uh, it could be one of the reasons. Yeah, no, that's well. I mean, if anything, that just shows the need for this position, and it's not just a. I, I think a lot of people have looked at social media of like, oh, just hire you know your niece or nephew. They're young, you know, just hire them into your company. They'll run your social media accounts. Um, and it is a it's a high level job that takes a lot of strategy and intentionality, um, especially with connecting with your audience, making sure you're bringing value, um, as well as teeing up you know potential leads for your your clients your your to get clients as well as brand awareness campaigns. Like there's a lot that goes into it, not just, Hey, post a graphic once a week, you know? Um, and even with these, you know, even fortune 500 team, fortune 500 companies, it has gotten to be, uh, you know, the power of social media, the power of digital marketing, digital content, uh, has really just, it's risen. And I think 2020 was uh, a year that, all of a sudden people had to pay attention to it. Like this is, this is obviously important. This is obviously a big deal. And so we need to put some money behind that. We need to hire good talent. Um, and it's great to see that. So thank you guys for putting that together. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really interesting for us too. Honestly, it was, uh, uh we were, I, I was working on these numbers and I was stopping every 10 minutes and I was like, Oh, huh, okay. I was not <laughs> expecting that. So, uh, yeah, it, it gives, I think, you know, it gives a, sheds just a bit, very, very tiny bit of light on 2020 that um, might have, I mean, it seems like it's the worst of the worst years uh, in our lifetime. Um, and it was so a lot of bloom, a lot of companies that um, couldn't survive it. So I think this, this top kind of brought us just a bit of joy that some people got new roles and some companies decided to invest in social media teams. So there there were some parts of, of our world that, that were fine, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, that I, I agree. I think that's great to, to be able to hear some good news out of that. Oh yeah, definitely. And I mean, and it's also a good wake up call for so many companies that have been told for I mean, years now, like, hey, you need to have a digital presence um, and not just a website. Like, you need to actually be actively on social media. And so I think it's great. Um, I, I, I hate that it took something rather tragic 
to cause that, but we can view it as a positive for a lot of people that are discovering their voice um, and realizing that, it, you know, like a social media manager is a valuable asset on a team. Yeah. Um, and it shouldn't be a cousin or, I mean, it can be, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. especially when you have someone that's really I mean, like good. working. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but someone who's like a, a prominent voice for your company um, should have um, some equal investment into your company as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Marina, thank you so much for joining us today. So what is next for Planable? What's next for you? Um, where can people get contacted if uh, contact you if they want to see the report, but also, um, you know, maybe try out the software? Uh, yeah, so f- with me personally, they can reach out on LinkedIn. I am very, very responsive there. Um, and on uh, for Planable, planable.io is the place to kind of find out everything that uh, that you want about, about us, about what we do. We have, I mean, the top is just the latest resource, but we do a lot of cool stuff on uh, content marketing. Uh, we um, usually, we give out books. Um, we have a pretty cool blog, so you can, uh, you can count for, for some pretty, pretty, uh, informative content there. Uh, and I think what's next, I mean, we're, we've always kind of doubled down on content marketing. We plan to continue doing the same. Um, we, you know, I mean, it's our way of, of finding new people to try out Planable and it's how we kind of stay in touch with the community um, and what we try to give. So, um, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, everything that we've talked about today will actually be in the show notes for uh, at roguecreators.club. There you go. That's there. And that's our Clubhouse <laughs> handle as well. So uh, make sure you guys check that out. And Maruna, and she's on Clubhouse. So make sure if you guys are there, uh, you know, jump into a oh, room. Yeah as well yeah so um but uh, yeah thank you so much again and um obviously everyone out here i hope that you found some value out of this make sure you guys go check out planable.io and uh until next week we'll see you then thanks all right jacob are you ready Let's do this. All right. Here we go with the rapid fire (laughs) questions. Jacob, go. All right. Question one, sweet or savory? Savory. Savory. Okay. Lauren? Savory. All the time. I wish I wasn't sweet. Really? I don't. I hate that I like, I have such a sweet tooth. Oh. I hate it. That's really surprising. Yeah. I mean, I put me in like, we still have Halloween candy. It's probably really gross. That is gross. Throw it away. (laughs) It's one of those things. It's just, there's so much of it. Our kid, I have three little ones, and so we just we get tons of candy, and so it just sits there. And I'm like, I have to resist the urge, but oh I, I could probably go down. I like ca- candy. I could down a whole bag full of candy in two seconds. Surprise, it's still there. I am. T- <laughs> that shows my yeah. self discipline. Exactly. No, congrats. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, Jacob. Second question. All right, question two. Uh, what is one city you've always wanted to spend a day in? Oh, interesting. I'm tempted to say Lisbon. Oh, but I mean, I've already wow. already went to Lisbon, and I but I think I want to go again and just spend one full day there, relaxing yeah. and looking at everything. Yeah, that's, that's a good interesting. One. That is a good. It's very cultured. <laughs> of course, that's awesome. <laughs> 
I think mine would probably, um, I, I've always wanted to go to Tokyo. Um, that was mine. <laughs> took yours. Um, I just think it's just a unique um, culture that I just haven't really explored and a really unique city. And so there's a lot to do and a lot to see. And um, it's just one of the areas I've never traveled in. And so I think it'd be really cool. Okay. Well, I have a backup. <laughs> so, I mean, there's always, anytime you go to New York, it's like, I can. New York. St- well, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> You could always spend more time there, right? There's just so sure. much. And so there is like a, like I'd like to spend a full day and whatever. Okay. Ours so are way cooler. My <laughs> second one was Tokyo. <laughs> my third one, uh, oh, I'm just, oh, Rome. I've never been to Rome. I've always wanted to uh, yeah. just, you know, there's so much oh. history obviously there. So, okay. Goodness. I had to work my way down my list here. I'm surprised I had a list though. Cool. Brian, Rome is a the good question. Ending. Yeah. <laughs> the question it? was one city. <laughs> he needs three. I, I got to have that three. I mean, I can't, I can't not, right? Oh, uh, that's awesome. Hey, great answers. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, we're out. Griffin, uh, Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. <laughs>